So here's the question. When the rules we've been operating by have burnt us out and the hamster wheel is keeping us awake at night and stuck, how do we, as expert entrepreneurs who want to make significant impact but just can't take on one more thing, grow our businesses and teams, double our revenue while working less? That's the question. This is The Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Business Habitat. I'm your host, Sam Dean. Really excited to have James Rose here today. He's from a software called content snare which i think actually solves one of the biggest problems we have with the space and time in the accounting industry and all expert industries at the moment and that is the collection of client upfront data so onboarding your existing clients in and of course onboarding new clients as well and it's such an interesting thing we know that when we really work with businesses particularly in that first aligned products and systems or our renovate program that we can get about 20% efficiency. We actually have to create space and time in businesses. And the biggest, biggest bang for the buck is making sure you have all the client's information and all of the information that you need for a job before you start it. And we know that this is a behavioral problem rather than just starting. But we also know one of the biggest blocks for this, and it's true for accounting and bookkeeping businesses and broking businesses and any kind of expert business is the back and forth with clients, the emails and the back and forth. And James makes the claim he can make it a bit better that probably about 25 hours a month are spent with one person, you know, doing that sort of stuff. So I was intrigued to see. Also want to talk to James about, because this is business habitat, we like talking about business models as well, the actual model of how he actually built Content Snare and, you know, looking behind the scenes on that. So welcome, James. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you just give us a bit of background on how you came to be, you know, talking to somebody about software within the accounting industry? Well, I guess it depends uh, how far you want me to go back, Sam. But um, for, for one, thank you for having me. I'm very honoured to, to be asked to come on your podcast. But uh, yeah, I our story is a bit interesting. I never expected to end up in the accounting industry, we actually built a product for collecting information from clients specifically for website builds in the web design agency space. And it was maybe 18 months ago now, we kind of uh, fell into accounting after, uh, let's call it like a stars aligning moment where um, a bunch of accountants reached out to us to tell us how much, you know, we knew lots of different industries used our product just by, uh, I guess, chance. Um, and we were trying to decide which way to go. And we had a bunch of accountants, uh, like, sorry, as a new industry to focus on. And um, a bunch of accountants reached out to us and, and said they loved what we were doing. And we had a guy that runs a product in the accounting space reach out and was interested in acquiring us and said the, quote, industry needed what we did. And we took that advice and ran with it and yeah. <laughs> did not get acquired. And <laughs> here we are. Oh, fantastic. And I suppose it's interesting because quite often you see startup, we'll talk about the problem that you solve um, in a minute, but, you know, looking at uh, Content Snare itself and the fact that it has had this rather agile and, you know, you're meeting market needs and going to the market that probably needs your stuff the most 
I think anything that collects client information um, online is sort of, you know, through emails or whatever needs your, your thing. But, you know, we see so much technology startups and, you know, your model is so interesting that you kind of started building something for an agency and doing that. So you, you were kind of earning money as you went. And then when you did shift, you were self-funding through as opposed to, you know, here the VCs all the acquired or stuff like that. Do you think that that's, that's been a strength for you? I think it allows more flexibility in certain things. You know, there's there's obviously pros and cons with taking funding versus funding ourselves. Like like you mentioned, we had an agency before, so so we kind of knew the problem we were solving and also had a source of revenue to build that first product without, you know, having to rely on outside funding and and that can often, you know, VC funding can often result in a lot of pressure or, you know, there's a lot of they call it founder friendly funding now where it's not it's supposed to be like less pressure but you know you obviously got reporting and and more um i guess commitments that you have um, and and other people breathing down your neck no matter what i feel so i think there's it's probably a double edged sword like we because we haven't had the pressure we probably could have moved a lot faster than we have we also would have had other people to bounce ideas off if you with a kind of vc firm that actually helps with that kind of stuff um, but at the same time yeah it's, it's enabled us to sort of really make our own decisions and, and focus on what we wanted to focus on yeah because it's interesting you know when you talk about the source of funding and so often when we're when we're working with expert businesses that's one of the strengths of them if you want to get if you want to shift slightly from your say your we'll just use accountants tax accountants you know from that the core business, which is still, you know, 80 to 85% of most businesses are processing tax returns, um, BASs, et cetera, um, for compliance reasons, it does give you a source of funding and space and time. Um, sorry, it gives you a source of funding to then look at and add on the more advisory services and other services that are linked to that, because I don't think you should go too broad, which is a real strength. But the problem is, of course, so busy doing the core that you might have the funding, um, self-funding. And I think that's something we don't think about um, when we have these great expert businesses and we're looking at building products and we look at them as just kind of an add-on as opposed to like you, your business is another business unit or another business itself. So the funding thing, as you would have had the agency funding across and it's the funder of then the content snare in the accounting industry. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and something you raised there about like having the core accounting work as, you know, but then getting too busy on it. I think I've spoken to quite a lot of firms now that see that as like a stepping stone to something else as long as they can automate it and systemize the hell out of it to the point where it doesn't become like something that they're so busy on all the time. And, and that was the same same as us, right, with the agency. Towards the end of it, it didn't, like it did require a lot of my time, but a lot of, stuff just happened without me. And I think that's critical. Like we had a lot of automation, a lot of processes, um, the right team in place to, to make things happen so that we could dedicate time to the new business being content snare, which, you know, I guess the, the parallel you were drawing there to accounting firms is like the advisory work, right? Yeah. And it, it's so true. And there's a mindset shift in everything too, because tax accounting firms have been doing this since 1911. So there's a whole lot of you know, human elements and human process. And I think it still surprises me that we're having this conversation now in 2022. You know, I mean, we've, I've been in this areas for since, you know, the mid 
2000s and sort of around 2007, 2008 was zero and gosh, what was it called? ATO paper busters and all of these sort of things that were starting, you know, that we were using, yet we've still got this automation piece going on and if we can automate it, but the data going in is still hard to get, which, you know, because the client's delay going back and forth and the time taken there. And also that every year it's still getting cleaned up as opposed to just fixing it once, which is not what content's there solves, but it's still kind of linked to that whole client behavior issue. And you can't really automate something if people aren't following process. And that includes your staff and your clients. It's not just a staff issue and it's a people issue. So um, yeah, how, how do you how do you see that playing out? And just explain to us, I suppose, what Content Snare actually does as opposed to the whole emailing back and forth and, you know, making sure that the client get in the information, sending out an Excel checklist. Yeah. So it's, it's funny how universal this problem is across so many industries. Like that's why we're able to come from web design across to accounting, but yeah, you, and you kind of touched on it there about like data coming in, right? Like to, to do your job, you need a whole bunch of stuff from clients in whether that's documents or just answers to questions, you know, it can be anything from just, you know, what's your business name or what's your you know, spouse name or whatever through to documentation that they need to upload. The standard way of doing that forever has been, well, I guess at least since email <laughs> has been to email the client with a list of questions. You know, you send, you send 10 questions over, of course, they only reply to seven or eight of them. They forget about two and, uh, and then four of the things that they actually sent won't be the right thing. So you've got to chase up, chase them up and say, Hey, actually, we need these, like those two, two documents you uploaded. They're wrong. We need this thing instead. And now you've got this email thread going where you've got multiple versions of documents. Like you've got some, some documents you've got to throw out, you know, and you've got to kind of keep track of what's what. Um, like you mentioned, some people are using Excel checklists, um, you know, to go through and write information into Excel and, pass that file backwards and forwards and yeah it's a mess um it's and that's kind of what we've tried to solve with content snare is is a single source of truth for the client to upload all their information uh, answer questions and everything in one spot cool and it works differently than the document portals and stuff that it's kind of just a once done portal and then you download it into your system when you've when it's complete yeah so what i'd say the biggest difference with a portal generally portal is like not too different than just a folder structure where they can upload anything, right? Like anywhere. Whereas we're probably more of like a, we're more, a bit more structured. So it's his, the, this specific document that we need you to upload, upload it here. This specific question that we need you to answer, type the answer in here. And then, yeah, you, you build, you know, it's, it's kind of like a form. If anyone's used a type form type thing before, similar to that in a way with a bit more structure and they don't have to fill it out all in one go. So it is like this working document where they can come back in multiple sittings and, and fill it out when they have the time, you know, and they don't have to worry about losing their progress if they need to get called away halfway through. And yeah, like you said, once you're done, that's when you dump it all out and put it in your document management system. And you were telling me, so what kind of efficiency, I suppose one of the things that we work with a lot um, and one of the things, you know, <laughs> that my behavior is the same, I'm one of the worst hate to be my tax accountant, but, <laughs> um, or anybody who's running information from me is that, you know, it's the, it's the behavior behind it. And 
then also, you know, when we're working with firms, it's the staff's behavior of, of the follow-up and stuff like that. I think how much does your system help with the actual behavior that goes on around systems and processes? Is it, you know, if they're not, if they don't have a system or process or they're not at least got an Excel or something, can they go from sort of, you know, that old, let's just start a job and then eventually we'll finish it because eventually we'll have all the queries out. If you're going from that to this, it's probably a bigger jump. You know, what's the best, the fastest implementations you see? What's the, what's the kind of the behavior you're seeing in firms that then go whack and get that 78% increase in efficiency? Yeah, 78% decrease in time chasing clients. That's it's pretty crazy that that was what came back from our survey. But um, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time, especially when you get accountants, you know, accountants chasing information. Yeah, you might have some admin staff doing it too, but there's a lot of accountant time getting wasted there. But um, this is a hard question because I always want people to spend a bit of time setting it up, right? If they have no processes in place right now, it's going to be naturally more difficult, right? It's imagine giving someone a project management system and they've got no processes and just saying, I use this in your business, right? Well, I mean, you kind of struggle. <laughs> oh, come on, James. That's how most technology is put in. And in the, in the day, I, I was also a CRM or something with a project management tool would come across and say, or advisory tools are absolutely classic for that. And, and I can say that this has happened to me um, and it's not entirely the software's problem, but is that this will make you an advisor. You put this software in and off you go. And the problem is if you don't have a system or something that you're already doing, no amount of software is going to help you. I think been the, the killing of a lot of technology that's really good technology, but there's behavior problems. So not so much behavior problems as you, a naughty child, but behavior issues is if you're going to put a project management tool in, you should already be project managing. If you're going to put a CRM system in, you should already be tracking calls or that. If you're going to put a client information gather system and you already should have some kind of system that's at least documented and followed yeah it's unfortunate oh just the way that i guess i think it's an attention span and busyness thing as well you know everyone's so busy that you almost have to promise that like yeah you click these two buttons and suddenly you have this amazing process when you know we try to make it easier we have templates in there so there might be like an individual tax return uh template that account like Australian accountants can absolutely use. And I know that because it was developed by an accountant who was using our product, who gave us permission to basically duplicate with some edits and make that template available for other accountants. So yeah, we, we have templates in there it might be like the initial onboarding for a company. So here's all the information you need. If you're onboarding a client in Australia, the typical stuff you would need to request from that person the problem is like everyone's processes are so different. You know, we, we looked at probably, I want to say 30 different onboarding forms for different accounting firms. Uh, and the variance was crazy. You know, some of them are a page and a, like a page, your quick little, maybe it was a PDF or something, or maybe it was a Microsoft form. And some of them were multiple page of PDFs that were just super lengthy to fill out. And so, you know, we can't, we're not going to be, everyone's like out of the box, that template's not going to satisfy everyone basically. But we try to cover a lot of boxes to give somewhere to start. Yeah. And I think that's important. And certainly I think that the people who will thrive on content snare will already have it, like already be doing stuff and off they go. It's just such an interesting thing. And we'll have a, 
a software provider in the conversation. And what I love about, you know, when I've had conversations with you, you're not promising the world here. It's like this will, if used, do 78%, but you actually, you know, have to use it and people actually have to send it out. And I think what I loved what you said before, and I'd like to drill down on a bit more, is the preparation. It's like all the data issues that we're having with clients, zeros or whatever as well, is if you train it, if you spend hours on upfront getting it right, it will 10 times, 100 times at the end. And it's that space you have to create. You These just going to put something in and fix it as it goes doesn't work because if you're always fixing this we have this absolute in the processing and and because that's what we used to do in desktop and that's what we used to do with the old green cash books you couldn't see the data all year so we do actually have this i'll fix it up for tax mental uh, mindset going on and it's the same when we put software in or anything it's just that i'll fix it up as we go but if you spend time going what do i want it to look like what's the best case look back and see that this way of collecting data worked really well manually. So then let's get something like content snare to, to look like that. Yeah. Mm. On the, on the flip side, I think it doesn't have to be perfect from day one, right? Like you can, there's a, it is a balancing act because you could spend weeks trying to set up this perfect system and this perfect form to collect everything you could possibly need from clients. What we generally recommend is is get something like pretty good, actually spend some time, like not just like use one of our templates and cross your fingers and hope for the best, like actually look through it. And, and I think most people are pretty good at this. They'll actually, um, a, lot, a lot of people have their own sort of process and they'll go through our template and go, oh, I didn't think about asking those. Because we, we chuck some other questions in there, like what what do you expect working with our account? Uh, what, what would working with us look like for it to for you to think it was a success or something like that you know and these like people borrow those kind of questions from our templates and roll them into their own but we, we just recommend doing a little bit up front um and then you know you'll you'll find where the holes are as you go through um you know because out in context there when someone gets stuck on a question or a document they can pop out a little comment form and just say like i, I don't i can ask a question right and if you notice lots lots of people asking the same question or getting stuck on the same bit that's a pretty good indication to improve your process, put in a bit more instructions uh, for your client. So yeah, like it doesn't need to be perfect, but it definitely helps to, to put in a couple of hours up front at least. Yeah. And I think that that's true for, for anything. And then the, and then the reset, the um, reflection at the end of every month going, what worked, what didn't, I mean, the most efficient firms I've ever businesses, businesses will stop I've ever worked with the ones that are constantly updating their processes. So they would get through the whole thing every year just with half an hour every week, you know, looking at, at something. And I think this allows you to do that because you actually seeing where people are stalling and, you know, what that is. And I too, you can actually individualize as well. You know, one of the big things is that your query should be done on a template, but they should have questions that are specifically for the client. Does it allow that? Yeah. So, so we've been talking a lot about templates here. That's normally for like the onboarding stuff where it might be really generic, but, um, I mean, like on the flip side of this, like getting started, you know, saying people need to spend all this time, like they can actually get started pretty quickly because if they're sending an email to a client with 10 questions, let's say you can just put those 10 questions into content snare, you know, like that's, it's not a, not a big deal. Um, but yeah, so every request that you send to a client can be completely detached from that template and made individualized for that particular client. 
So let me just, something just popped up for me. Nothing mm -hmm. is that, so we're, um, we're going to look at using content snare for us. I mean, obviously we don't do collection data for financial or anything, but we do a lot of strategy and, and, you know, check in and everything and the back and forth in email. So if you've got 10 questions and it takes them five times to answer it, you're going to get rid of five emails. Would that be correct? Oh yeah. And a lot of time, Yeah. you know, it's, it's funny because um, do you know the export marketing development grant EMDG yeah, yeah. trade? So, so we apply for that every year. And um, there was the, the, one of the guys um, replied, the auditors replied one year with a list of, it was like 12 or 13 questions. And I think the first one was like, explain what your business does. And which was basically a pitch to him to be like, <laughs> to stop this awful process that you're doing Let to me, me right now. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, you just sent me 13 questions and some of them were documents and I had to be like, reply in line, make it red. Um, and then make the say, like, I've attached this document and here's the exact file name below. Here's the answer to this question. Here's the answer to this question. I've uploaded this document and here's the file name below. And I'm like, I know that everyone else that's replying to him is not going to this level of detail to make it really easy for him to say, like, here's the exact documents. Here's the answers, like color coding and making it perfect. Um, you know, and so I basically was like, you know, like this process you're doing right now, you're probably doing that with 50 people. We make that easy. <laughs> that was my little pitch back to him. This episode is brought to you by The Aligned Leader, a six-week program built to combat the leadership fatigue syndrome so you can grow your business without the overwhelm. And, you know, to me that just blows the minds of the... You know, anytime you're collecting data, surveys or anything, this is the easy way to do. And I assume you can put a link like to a survey monkey or something in there as well so they can go because it's not a survey tool. Well, it you basically can use it. Like I, I probably wouldn't bother doing that because you would just create one step of – because when I said before, like you can get them to ask answer questions or upload files. If you're adding questions into Content Snare, it is it does feel a lot like a survey tool. So you can add – you know, drop downs and um, like single select options or check boxes. You know, you can add all the stuff you would expect to add in a survey. Um, even tables we've got in there now. Um, so yeah, like instead of, you know, you would have one, we kind of have a structure to it. So you have a page, you might have one page, which is just all the questions that you would normally ask in a survey monkey. I, like I definitely wouldn't link off to a separate thing because then you've got it all in one place at yeah. least. Sorry, when I was just going <laughs> into my, how can we use this? Like, this mm -hmm. is the thing. And I very rarely get excited about software, as I've told you a hundred times, because I've been burnt so much in the past. But I, um, and then I do understand if I'm not doing something already, don't put software around me because I just, I won't use it. And I think most people are like that. And yeah, I think that this really, I love how you've also gone so narrow. So let's talk about softwares and why this one in particular sits between some very good softwares and sits by itself. So you can then, you know, upload to different portals or, or whatever, you know, this this kind of information scrape that, well, it's not it's not even information scrape. You're, you're getting into the client's heads and actually answering the question. I always romantically thought I would love one software that does it all. And I'd realise, and then, you know, this, you know, back in the days when we were setting up you know, when I was in McConaughey Center, we were a one-stop shop, like as a as an advisory firm as well, you know, tax, super, blah, 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 blah. And then we had real estate and you know, we had this big dream. I think if you've got businesses and business units, you can do that. But I also see, you know, and 
I adapted technology that could do the CRM and the project management and the this and the that and the whatever. And then we wanted them to link into zero. Then we wanted them to link into our marketing. And, and back then everyone was talking that's going to be what's happened. And what I've noticed is that hasn't happened, that it doesn't work. Can you talk to me about why it's not working or why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got, how long do you want to talk forever. for? Because this is something I can go on about forever. Like all in all in one software, to me, like that phrase is basically a swear word at this point. And that was before we built Contents Now. I've always been the kind of person that wants to connect best-in-class tools and connect them with tools, whether it's like Zapier or direct integrations, that kind of thing. I mean, I'm big on Zapier because I can fully build the integration that I want rather than relying on whatever built-in integrations there are. Um, but I just, it's just a, um, I kind of touched on it there. Like when you, one company really struggles to build, a, like if they build an all-in-one, it's very, very difficult to do all those things properly or very yes. well. Or even 80% well. Like someone said, oh, well, we might be 80% good at it. At it. And 80% is probably fine, but they're not. And even the big ones sometimes, I mean, I suppose if you have Microsoft's resources, like we use Teams and Link, all that sort of stuff. But even them, they're only slowly adding other stuff. Yeah, and they're also, they're basically run as different business units, right? Like the people that are building Teams are not building Microsoft Word. So yeah, they've got the resources to build lots of small products, which is essentially what they're doing. They even have, I don't know, like Power Automate is a Microsoft product that's for connecting other products, you know, including all the Microsoft suites. <laughs> so um, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and so when you've got the resources of, of a Microsoft, yeah, you can have lots of little teams yeah. building really good products. Um, yeah, I mean, arguably good products. I mean, some people probably listening going, I hate XYZ product and is a good example. That's a good example. You know, it's kind of like Commodore and Holden, isn't it? Google versus <laughs> Microsoft, but anyhow. Yeah. But I mean, they still, they've probably got a lot of products in there that suck. Same as Google. Like Google doesn't like Gmail is amazing. Um, Google docs, Google sheets, pretty amazing, but they've done some pretty rubbish products in the past. Like Google notes is pretty average. Like I would never use Google note over a lot of other note taking tools anyway. But yeah, what it comes down to is just focus and resources, right? Like uh, using content center as an example, we we aware we are aware that the client experience is insanely important to getting information from your clients fast and like on time uh, and the right information. So we we spend all our time focusing on like how what the experience is like for your client and educating people to make that experience better, like how what they can do with their content center account to just make the client experience freaking amazing, so they get what they need get what they need fast. And, you know, every time I've seen something like this as a bolt on to another product, some kind of client query thing or like a client portal that's like just tacked in, uh, it shows like the the client, the, it, it might be okay from the accountant's perspective where they're like, okay, you know, information comes into here and now I've got it all in one place. Cool. But if you look at it from the client's perspective, it's like no one was, wants to use this. And I think some of the portals, like they're not, the, the download is up there and I can't find it. And they go, oh, it's a little arrow in the corner. Well, how do mm. I know that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, and, and some examples outside of Content Snare, you know, there's a popular project management system that um, I use and it's it's um, slowly gone more and more downhill because they keep trying to bolt in these other things. They started doing mind mapping in a project management tool. And, you know, there's entire suites out there like Miro and Whimsical yeah, that do yeah. mind mapping, yeah. you know, because that's a, Tough problem. I mean, it, 
a very basic version of that, maybe not so tough, but like, and then this product has got worse and worse over time because they keep trying to do more and more things. They, they started trying to say they were going to build a, a Zapier, a mini Zapier, like an automation suite inside their project management system. And, you know, Zapier is a huge product that has a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And yeah. Complex. And of course, you're never going to be anywhere near as good as Zapier as a bolt-on to your existing product. So obviously quite passionate about this topic, Sam, but uh, <laughs> it's just, it's something I wish more people would embrace because a lot of people search for this all-in-one holy grail product. And I don't think it's ever going to exist unless like AI at some point, AI coding manages to just like crack it and build everything into one. And it's just like, perfect. Everyone's gone anyhow, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, and then like, the, because I think a lot of it comes down to UX and, and making making a good user experience uh, is very, very difficult for like even one thing. So trying to have that focus across lots of different parts of one product, is just never going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I feel that there's so many synergies to every sort of business, whether you be technology or any service-based businesses, just talking about service-based businesses. UX people is user experience, as James just said. But I love what you said about the client experience. I think that we're using a particular CRM at the moment and it has a calendar thing in it. And we thought, well, that's more efficient because it, it is, it's great on our end in, in that we can see the, the numbers and the stuff, but it's not as good as say the Calendly was. So we're going, maybe the user experience is not as good. So we need to like our client's experience. Yeah, I went through a Microsoft booking form the other day. I use Calendly. I went through a Microsoft booking form for the first time and I was like, this is kind of average compared to other, well, especially compared to Calendly, you know, and just because it's included in your Microsoft suite and it's a bit cheaper, like, is it, is it really? Is it the worthwhile? Yeah. And, it, and it's also, too, I think when you're looking at your services as well, like, what's your front-end client experience like? That's actually what you've got to get right. And that's what you've got to spend the time with. Then you work on the other stuff to get it done faster. Now, client experience is speed. So I was um, doing a podcast with a pricing expert last night and it links into this sort of stuff as well. People pay more for faster stuff. So people will pay more if you can get their queries done easily and succinctly and they don't have to keep going back and forth to email and forgetting about it and getting calls and everything. They will actually... That's their experience and that's what they're valuing. So I don't think enough time is spent, not just, you know, you, you use the technology, but you've really got to look at what bits of my technology are the clients seeing, what bits of my services are the clients seeing, and let's make them as good as possible. And then, of course, we're all professionals, whether in technology or professional services or whatever, we're going to make damn sure the product's good and professional because you shouldn't be working with the companies if they're not. But please bear in mind that with all of these portals and stuff is that it's not about us. And I think too, I think so often, I mean, I'm inclined to do that. If it makes my life easier, of course I want to do it. But then you've got to sit back and say, what are my clients seeing? Or more importantly, what are my clients probably already love you? What what are my potential clients seeing? And I think that's important too. If you take 10 days to return a phone call, that's not a good client experience. Or if you take 10 days to get back, that's not a good client experience. If you hit somebody with a upfront, they've had the appointment with you, they've engaged you, and immediately you're collecting all this beautiful data, that's a great client experience. 
Yeah, and they don't have to go back and forward over email, and they're not getting they because not only are you getting stuck in those email trails, but they are too. You know, and they're they're getting lost, and they they can't remember what they've provided so far, and all that sort of. You know, if if there's ten questions and they've answered eight last time, they'll, that's the reason they they forget about the other two because they're busy, just like you, and they got busy doing something else. Honestly, you know. If, if you catch me straight away, but if I've got a thing and then I can mark and then I can send back and say, this is a problem, you know, mm. straight away and it's coming back and forth live, either live or um, thing. But I think too, the other underlying point that I want to make to everybody is the one-stop shop concept or the all-in software, as you called it. Be good at what you do and go narrow and deep on it if that's what finds you joy. Now, if you want to do something else, that's fine, but make sure your core's right and then add it on and then work on that client experience but not at the expense mm. of the other stuff because I think that's what you're saying about that other yeah. software is w- if you're really good at tax and getting tax done fast and then you decide to go to advisory, you know, make sure that that's going slick and there's people to support that and then off you go and you can build that. Same with the mm. software, I'm guessing, as well. Yeah, and I mean, for us, it, you know, it's about integrations, right? So we we get asked for to be like a document manager pretty regularly, but I have no interest in taking on the likes yeah, of really you know, FYI, Sweet Files, and, and, and these, yeah. you know. Yeah, they're amazing. Why would I try and build that when if we just integrate with them and and, and push documents, push stuff into those in a way that makes sense for our customers? You know, and same as like other companies like um, Ignition, we don't have a, a direct integration yet, but we work with them quite a bit. And because, you know, people ask us for stuff that Ignition does, but again, I have no interest in doing that because it makes sense for someone to get their engagement letter signed and then push uh, across to create the request in Content Snare. And then when that's done, push the files into the document management system because now you've got best in class tools that work together. Look, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of overhead in like switching between tools, but honestly, I think it's, it's so worth it. Um, we, we've done, we do this in our business. I'm not just trying to plug content snare here. Like this is, this is what I do. Like we use so many tools. Everyone's, I'm sure everyone listening is the same. Now, I don't see that as a problem. I just see it as, you know, you having access to like all the best tools and then having them work together. It's just, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's a, real big pain for a company like us to build integrations with all these other products um because integrations suck <laughs> from a development perspective like they're, they're so painful because everything works differently like we're building a integration with a <laughs> i'm not gonna drop Don't names drop but a very well-known product and oh my lord it's taken us months for something that we thought would take two weeks but it's going to be very good for our accounting audience and you know, like it, it sucks, but it, but it enables the to me the best solution for the account because they get to use the best best of each class of product. And I think that's important. And that's one one of my shifts. I used to say, "Oh well, I'm quite happy just to use one thing and know it, um, and be have eighty percent best in class." But now it's like, no, particularly as a lot of these softwares, particularly yours and Ignition, you mentioned, and and other ones like that, is that they're all client-facing as well. So you've got to have the best in class with your market-facing stuff. And I think what was really interesting and why I laugh there is you say integration suck. When you're working with, you know, my big dream is all experts will collaborate. So you'll have best in class advisors because I don't think somebody, you have a central advisor who then collaborates and brings everybody together. 
say the integrator, if you like, or, or whatever, but they're never going to be the best lawyer. They're never going to be the best accountant. They're never going to be the best. They have the best in their thing. And collaboration sucks. And integration sucks is the, is the, is the technology thing. And, you know, because it does take time. You've got to build trust. You've got to build relationship. You've got to build values. I'm sure you, you're, you know, you, you've first got to do that with the people that you're working with, you know, in the actual people who own these software companies, you know, who are working in them, and most of them are corporates probably, but but then you've got to get softwares talking to each other as well, which don't know that could be said is not as challenging as getting people to talk to each other. Oh, no, no. That's like, yeah, that's obviously, honestly, very, very challenging, depending on the product. Because um, what the problem is, is everyone wants an integration to work in a different way as well. Mm. You know, like it doesn't matter what we build. On day two, someone will come out and say, oh, no, but can the integration work this way? And on day three, someone will ask for something else. And it's, you know, you, you can build, you can talk to enough people that you try and cover enough bases with an integration. Um, but then, you know, the, the, you actually have to start saying no, because there's only, you know, as you try and build all these other cases in, it just becomes more and more complicated, not, not just for us, but for the person trying to set it up, which is a big roadblock. You know, you don't want to set roadblocks for, for you know, so sometimes you've just got to go, look, this is what we offer. Um, that, but that's why I was talking before about like things like Zapier is, you know, I traditionally I've almost never used direct integrations yeah. unless it's a super simple one. You know, I, I think, I think what we're building with say FYI, um, is going to cover, you know, 90% of bases or maybe even more. Um, so, so I'm not too worried about that one, but yeah, otherwise like things like Zapier I use just because I'm like, I can say exactly how I want this integration to work. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was just interesting that the problems are the same, mm. um, whether you're a service company or a technology company, it's just that you're dealing with the quirks of technology and, and yeah. when you're collaborating in service companies, the, quirk, the quirks of humans. Um, so it's, um, they're all complex things. So that's why I was having a bit of a giggle about that. It's it is like, pretty funny, yeah. It is a the lot same. of parallels, <laughs> and, the, and the user experience versus the client experience, and and you know you get back to it. The businesses are businesses, and and the problems are the same. If you really want to get be best in class at what you do, be best in class at what you do, and go long and narrow on that, and but work with other people who are also have your and by best in class, there is no best in class. It's you know, same values, same type, same whatever, and that go long and narrow as opposed to, I mean, people will always want to work with the best. You know, that's quite natural. And it is, it is, it does take more time, like, to integrate across the board and to get to know your systems, absolutely, as it takes more time to collaborate. The time it saves and the value to your businesses later on cannot be measured like 10 times, 100 times or whatever, whether it be integration of technology or best technology or integration of collaboration um, with other people. It's a really, really interesting thing that it was unexpected coming out of this conversation. <laughs> Very good. Well, I might leave on that. So I always ask if you had one thing to tell everyone listening today, maybe just about their businesses or, or what they're thinking about doing, and um, what would you one one tip to give to people just that they could take tomorrow and, and have a think about just something? To Damn, do. put me on the spot here. I yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I know. it's probably <laughs> what we've been talking about, right? Is like actually challenge your thinking on like all in one, you know, like all in 
all in one's classic. It's just a the, sorry. The, the what is the quote? It's like uh, Jack of all trades, master of none, which I think is a misquote actually. Yes. But um, I, which I was very sad to hear because I really like that quote. <laughs> um, we can be James Rose's quote now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so you know, and I, and potentially. Don't be scared of tools like Zapier. Uh, Integramat is another, or Make it's called now, and, and Microsoft's got Power Automate. You know, these tools, when you actually plug in, like you can, they're so, so powerful in the way you can like hook up different tools to each other and, and actually have, you know, best in class instead of master of none. <laughs> master of none. Yeah, and it, it is so true. It is so true. And just start simply, I suppose. Mm. Actually, that's an interesting piece. You know, everyone is it's not to be scared of technologies to actually jump into some of these things and, and see how they work. Um, the, the software companies spend a lot of time and money on their client experiences or user experiences. So, yeah, don't be scared, but take the time. Yeah, and just, like, automate stuff. You know, I, I feel like this does need to be said to accounts because they really understand the value of their time so much more than other industries that I've worked with in the past. Um, but yeah, like not being scared to automate stuff. You know, the amount of, the, I was talking to someone at a conference I went to last week about, you know, needing a VA, like people, and I was like, I actually don't have a clue what people are using VAs for. Like I, I just don't have enough stuff that I would give to someone. And they're like, you teach people how to automate with Zapier. This is like yeah. a total side business that I don't really want to talk too much about. And like, you've probably automated everything you'd get a VA to do. I was like, ah, true. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's a lot of power. <laughs> there's a lot of power in automation. Wow. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and that's the thing. And, you know, going back to, I think we can put a number on our time, but I actually don't think we value our time as accountants. I think that we spend too much time in administration and stuff like that, that you're talking about, and we might charge it or whatever but also the time to rest, the time to do all this and the time to spend automating stuff, like because it's not directly linked to revenue, you know, in that day, you know, there's a big thing. So the change of the model from hours for dollar, yeah. So it, it's an interesting thing that we won't spend 40 hours automating something that will later on chart, um, save us 25 hours a month because we could charge that 40 hours. So, yes, does that make ah. sense? Yeah, that make that does. Yeah, you know it's an interesting thing, and um, I just gonna actually everyone. I'm gonna actually um link what what I was talking about. I've got a podcast coming up with Philip Kuchik. He's the pricing expert. We talk about this, and then I'm gonna link James in as well. That conversation that we just had, and I'll do a solo. I haven't done one for a while. On that link. Yeah, I'm guessing you'll be talking about value-based pricing because that's straight where my mind went. You know, it's like in that case, maybe you shouldn't be charging by the hour, right? <laughs> yeah, and how do we shift this mindset? Because yeah. it is our behaviors that's driving the non-automation. Plus, it's the behavior that's not getting us the money that we want, and then the burnout piece of that as well. So, um, so much for a simple tip. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a a great thing to think about, and you've got to think about this. You know be curious and just technology how much it does it's not just something that makes your life slightly easier it's you know everything that you do and approach you know you've got to spend the time on and and will give you lots of value later on okay thank you so much for joining us james
Sam, it's awesome to be here. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And so everyone else, as always, be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for your time. We work super hard on this podcast and are passionate about helping expert entrepreneurs build businesses without overwhelm. To help us, can you please leave a review if you loved it on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform?